Welcome to War of the Weeds, the war between friends for a stranger to discovery the greater hands of victory. Sometimes in war, there is collateral damage, and we must take account for what leads this to the previous battle. So prepare yourselves for this week's episode. Collateral damage. Bogo Grace Plot. Hello, and welcome to War of the Weirds. I'm Brewy. And I missed it. And we're here telling one another strange, true stories from our bizarre world. And uh, we told, I told a story of Screamin' Jay Hawkins, the singer of I Put a Spell on You, and it's truly bizarre life. And Mystic recently told a story of the nuclear Boy Scout, a Boy Scout who, not involved with the Boy Scoutness, also developed right. a nuclear reactor. But also sort of because of the Boy Scoutness, because a lot of the information on how to do that was in pamphlets that were provided by the Boy Scouts. Yeah. So, because there was oversight. a specific merit badge involving nuclear <laughs> power. Yeah, atomic energy. Yeah, yeah. Atomic energy. Yeah. So really... he's like, I just, you know, just build a build a reactor. But yeah. uh but yeah. We're I mean, we, just we letting you know uh, ahead of time. We got I got more on my topic a little bit, and so does Mystic. But this episode, mm -hmm. it's gonna go off the rails. So yeah, like yeah. we we already go off the rails a little bit at the beginning of each episode. I think that's fun. This is all this is off roading for the majority of the yeah. episode. Letting you know ahead of time. Yeah. If you don't like it, and you continue to listen, you got a poopy brain. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just let you can't know. you can't give us a bad review because you know what you're getting into. Yeah. So is, well, I mean, although as we learned, yeah, from you, you can do that, but you shouldn't. Yes, from our spoils of war episode, which I think will come out before this. Um, Who knows? Maybe it'll be after this, and then time is just influenced by future events. Whoa! Ah, ah, ah. Sorry, uh, <laughs> existential crisis uh that's how i react to it yeah um, yeah but anyway what were you talking about before we started recording yeah okay so i was talking about i was talking about an arg that you know brumi and i had talk about weird stuff to each other even off of the even off the record yeah and then um, i was like so, fuck that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was yeah. fuck that record uh but uh arg being what is it alternate reality game game or yeah yeah i know it's game but it's right, like right. alternate or something yeah i think so it's it's a it's a game that sort of i i don't i mean there are tons of different ones um and a lot of times they seem like pretty underground or like you know like it's not always a hugely publicized thing because usually in that game they're acting as if this is real life yes it's a um, it's a fake thing that is going on that the people putting on the fake thing are pretending it's real and it's like uh i don't know what the most famous you were talking about one for like the dark knight the batman right movie. yeah there was one that came out like a year or so before i think it was a year before the D dark knight was even announced um yeah. and so like two years before the movie came out but it was like these fake posters or news like clippings or something that would like pop up around different towns. And if you like go to find out more about them, you can eventually, after a lot of research, so you have to be pretty, you know, diligent, you can come across this like fake news source, but like for Gotham City, 
but it's not overtly obvious that this is for Gotham and therefore for this ARG. And so you like it, it seems like you're just like learning about these killings or murder and all these horrific things that are happening that were designed to lead up until like the introduction of the Joker into Gotham city before the movie. Um, so like some more backstory on that, but instead like, because it was so obscure, it just seemed like a bunch of these, like those are just a bunch of crime that wasn't being reported or something. And like in this town, I don't know. It was very, yeah. 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 So it's supposed to be for advertisement, which is what a lot of these things are like the real life, you know, that's how you come across and like look up the ARG online is like you see something in real life that triggers your interest in it or like what is this this is unexplainable and one of the ones that happened in my city which apparently is common was these orange orange bike like it was a spray painted orange like the entire thing the tires the spokes the seat handlebars everything it wasn't just like the frame was orange like everything was orange and they would like pop up and like at busy intersections they'd just be like leaning against a telephone pole or like the crosswalk pole or whatever and for like weeks and months they'd be there and like finally like i remember like googling a like orange bike and then found where google autocomplete or suggestions show where a lot of other people have searched this and it turns out it's like and it, it will take you to a gym called i think i think i'm not even gonna say the name of the gym i don't want to advertise for them yeah, yeah. but uh orange and, something uh, yeah yeah orange something gym has nothing really to do with the bike it was just a marketing ploy of like putting all these bikes up so that people would it would generate buzz and people would talk about it and look it up and then find the website for this gym that's opening yeah and you're like okay i don't care about this but (laughs) unless you're super excited for a a hundred fifty thousand gym to open in your neighborhood do you remember i'm sure you do the richmond tv ferry or whatever The no, but I'm, guy with a great. TV for a head that dropped off TVs at people, like old TVs yes. at people doing stuff? Yeah, this sounds, I didn't know about the TV head, but I did remember, I did hear about the TVs being delivered, or like, yeah. Yeah, the guy had a TV, because people have like the cameras that the are door The ring cameras and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, people have images of, it's a guy yeah, wearing all yeah. black that has an old TV for a head. So, wow. Basically, some guy did it in their neighborhood in Richmond, and it turned out, like, it, it, this is, like, unconfirmed. It's just a bunch of coincidences, but it turns out it was just a YouTuber that did it, and then just, like, they wanted to do the ARG thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did it, and then they were on the local news because they had, they were quote-unquote what you know they were one of the people that got a tv so it's like a freaky thing that happened to them and they agreed to speak to the news Mm -hmm. and the news was interested because it's a weird story yeah uh but but yeah but that's funny you generate talk about something and then make yourself like a a star to be like you know in the media and you're like yeah what that's it's kind of genius but i think they also just got in trouble for it because oh, probably i don't it wasn't publicized that it was them but i believe the, the they were in trouble for it because they just now about people have to throw away like the the police oh. had to get like rent vans to get all these fucking giant tvs <laughs> it uh, cost the taxpayers money yeah exactly so i think yeah. they got yeah. in some legit trouble and nobody gives a shit about their youtube channel 
So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I oh, there's one that was this very interesting. Barely to me. sociable is the person that tipped me to that. That's a nice YouTube channel. Just wanted to throw it out there. Nice. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called um, Inside a Mind. Yes. Uh, that I really really like, and they talked about one recently that uh, you know all these. The appeal is that it's so creepy. So it's like this. This has gone on for months I, I believe that like this guy has been i think he has a twitter account but also a youtube page or youtube you know channel and like he'll upload um he's uploading pictures and stuff about like or you know, videos of him like in his garage and he's like i'm being followed like they know i'm in here like i have to hide whatever and all this stuff and it seemed like sort of like a you know paranoid delusions and this goes on this goes on for so long of like these little videos and stuff and they gained a lot of traction and it's like okay does he think he's being followed is he really being followed is this an arg thing like what's happening um but then somebody came forward which apparently is all part of it he's an actor but he came forward he's like uh, so I've, my friend showed me this YouTube channel of this guy who's like, you know, thinks he's being followed and stuff. This is like, he's in my house. Like the, this is my garage. And he like walks around and shows like, this is, these are our property. And like you, when he thinks that someone's outside the garage or he's hiding or he's like in the attic because they're in the house or something, that means he's in our house and that's us he's talking about. Like he's, tr- you know, and it becomes like this whole creepy, freaky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like that. It took months and months, and I thought that was pretty well done. I mean, it's all staged. He, everybody's safe. There's nobody in trouble. Uh, but like, you know, they're 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 still perpetuating this as if it's true. Um, you know, for for this series. But I thought that was pretty interesting because it was like people were on board with it for so long, thinking this guy's just like crazy or doing something for attention. Well, the thing about it is, I don't even know why people really found that that interesting before the twist because that is yeah. a thing that happens on the internet there are plenty of people making oh, yeah. plenty of videos like uh i had a topic about gang stalking right right not a real thing that happens but people's belief in it where they're being yeah. stalked by basically everybody <laughs> right yeah and which is, you know the government's paying them to surveil you or they just do it or whatever for whatever there reason are, or you know there are a ton of youtube videos people talking yeah. cameras that yeah. are just like yeah they're they're stalking me see and they just flip the camera and there's somebody down the street that apparently yeah. according to them is following them there's yeah. tons of videos of people with delusions of many kinds on the internet so to me yeah it's odd that it even gained any interest, this person. I, I, that... Yeah, and I, I think, I'm sure if, like, on the inside of mine, because I think they've gone, they've done, like, since done, an, like, updated episode, but where they have talked about, um, because I think it was linked to a Twitter account, and just the, the fact that they weren't responding to the tweets, to replies and stuff like that, and, like, it yeah. seemed like it was more staged because they weren't actually going to engage. Well, yeah, and, like, and it's obviously yeah. built to gain interest, so there's probably, right. like, little hints of something more throughout right. or whatever. Yeah, 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 and I don't know all the details of that, but I thought it was a pretty interesting thing. But yeah. this led to the idea of, like, why do people care about conspiracy theories? Like, so, I mean, for example, uh, you know, I just, like, with QAnon, is a it's huge, that's a whole huge thing right now um and i actually first heard of QAnon from you something you were like a conspiracy theory or something that you shared or you know um that i knew that, about i never that you knew about in, not that you clear. were like not that you tried to convince me that this was true no that you were just like hey isn't this weird and crazy that people think yeah. this and i was like yeah that is <laughs> um 
like you know and so like one of the so i mean even with like the covid vaccine i know people are like you know they're injecting micro nanobots and stuff to track you and stuff like yeah that. bill gates like, is injecting microchips into your penis don't worry like, about it if even if that's true why would they why why would they do that like take that to a logical conclusion like they don't need to do that because they you already you have a phone and most people upload their facebook status every 10 seconds like going to eat ice cream got ice cream my stomach I mean, hurts from eating ice cream. Like no, like, phone, it, the government wanted to collect data on you. There's tons of other ways they can do it, your phone and there's is less nefarious period. ways. <laughs> like your phone is trackable. If your phone is on, you can be tracked by the government. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Because right. it just has the GPS tracker, and it's not as if like you know they couldn't get to that if the phone's on. <laughs> you know. Right. It's like, right. Not that it there is somebody watching you at all times. It's just that they have the option, right? Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's a funny mm. thing to yeah focus in on, and it's yeah. just and then you, the the arguments I've heard from that are like, well, you can not have a phone if you don't want to, or you can be off the grid, but like if it's in your blood, but like okay, but. Why Why would this be the way that the government goes about it? Why would it not just be like in the water and they just, you know, or why would it not be just like a vaccine or something that a shot you get in the hospital that, I mean, why would it, why would it be something so controversial that so many people are against getting anyways? Like, why is this the way the, gov- the yeah, government's going to do it in this very outrageous and highly publicized way? There are already <laughs> people that are not interested in getting vaccines. You know what I right. mean? Right. And sure, but the argument with the phones doesn't check out because there are already people not doing vaccines otherwise. So the the phone thing doesn't matter already. Right. Because, yeah, there are people that don't have phones, but there are people that don't do vaccines already. So the argument is about whether the vaccine is actually a thing or not. Right. (laughs) Right. Or if they're tracking you with it or not. And then the biggest question is like, why would they even care to track you? Like, I'm, I mean, I know that I'm sure the government has tons of like surveillance footage and I know like face recognition and cameras is a thing right now and like whatever. But like, I mean, why, what is it? Some sort of like ego that's like the government wants me, like you're so important that that like the government wants to keep up with you. In no, particular? I think, like, I think. They're try- their argument is generally like they're going to track every single person they have. You know what I mean? But there's no way that everybody can keep up with that. Like there's too many. Yeah, there's too many people for that to even be monitored. Like yeah, I, like, and I why would they like, care? Here's the thing: I, government tracking everything you do. That's already happening. Exactly. It's, it's already fucked up. It's already beyond fucked up. What's yeah, currently yeah. happening? Right. The amount of tracking that they can do and yeah. do do do, haha, <laughs> at any time. Right. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. people love or hate Edward Snowden, but he did reveal just like a bunch yeah. of people at the NSA just yeah. going through fucking emails and just being like, "Yeah, isn't that funny that." <laughs> Isn't yeah. she a whore or whatever? Right. Yeah. Just random. Like you got to see this chain email this guy sent. Like, are you? you know, it's like, I mean, but I mean, yeah. It I said that to be an example of like right. a specific guy being a pig in the NSA. 
If a woman wants to sell their body, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah. Yeah, I I just don't, like, I don't get why. I mean, or or the other one with, uh, with, like, the inauguration. That was another thing that the the March 4th was like, that's the true inauguration day. That's when uh, Trump will be sworn in again and blah, blah, blah. And like you look into things like that, and you're like, okay, what what is what are they even talking about? I mean, and it's just denial. Apparently, it's just, I don't I, want like, to believe what reality is, so I'm going to yeah. invest in this non-reality that a bunch of people have agreed to invest in with me. So I feel like less of a crazy person. Yeah. Not that I'm calling it yeah. crazy, but it's like right. Yeah, yeah. You're delusional. It's delusional. not true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the definition of delusional. Yeah, and like, so I, I looked into it. I was like, what is the March 4th thing? And then apparently, I don't know all the details, nor do I care, really, because it's absurd. But for some reason, way back in history, I think it was like after Roosevelt or something, I don't know, like the inauguration was done on a different day than it was originally like legislated to be. And mm-hmm. since then, it's and that was like originally it was supposed to be March 4th. And I don't know if there was like somewhere it's like legally it was that or whatever, but that was like traditionally the day that it was done. For whatever reason, 80 years ago or more, they did it in January and they've continued to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so the thought behind like the, the argument is that like people are making and by people, I mean like QAnon is it, the, the argument is that all not not only is Biden's uh, inauguration invalid because it wasn't done on the official day, which is supposed to be March fourth, so there was a chance that Trump would truly become president if sworn in that day yeah. or whatever. But he, also that every p- president before then has not been legally inaugurated. And is like, <laughs> oh yeah, therefore, that Trump therefore, was the sixteenth. It's everything that's happening is invalid, <laughs> and I'm like you're not gonna get anywhere with this belief even like because yeah. we've all like it's like money we money, pay, money paper currency is worthless except we all agreed that it meant something and so it does and so like we've all accepted that history has happened and all these presidents since then have been presidents and all the laws and legislation that have gone in uh, you know in there on top of that we have all accepted that on top of that it's because it's how it is. It's yeah, because that's we, we actually just accept how it has that something been. is the way it is. And therefore, <laughs> it is that way. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's it's like uh, it's, huh? So, I mean, it's just, I don't really get the point of like, you're not going to nullify a hundred years of presidential history and actions. It's not. Yeah, I mean, they want to do that. Yes, but it's just like. I think it's just a simple, like, basic, like, well, I I know what I don't want to be true. And yeah, and so I'm this gonna, is how I can get there. I'm going to turn away from that thing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to turn towards something that everybody yeah. else within the circle that I run in hopefully will agree with me. And then they do. Right. <laughs> and it, it's great. And yeah, we get enough people it. to accept this, then we can overthrow it. I mean, but that's how like coups happen. It's that's, people like yeah. you know another like overthrow the government, and then everybody just accepts this is the new government. And so like yeah, that wasn't a legal thing, but we all accepted that's how it happened, so it's true now. And like so, it's the same thing. Even if the people were sworn in on different days, the fact that everybody in the world has accepted this was legal 
it's then it's legal i mean like, yeah also you we don't even need to have the argument though because it's just not based in truth it's just yeah, not yeah. based in fact and yeah. it's like and it's not like the problem is like even if you go into that argument with them they're not going there's nothing oh yeah you can yeah. say that's yeah yeah there is no, because they they don't want your truth which is the reality the reality yeah. of yeah. accepting it so there's yeah. no angle that you can come at reality with that will convince someone that doesn't want to accept it yeah, if they're if they're not gonna meet you on a level of rationality and reason, then they, you can't reason with somebody. Uh, yeah. My last my last like example or whatever for this is, and I don't even have like a specific example, but I just I think about like you know Illuminati and New World Order and like Freemason stuff, like all the you know, secret society things like that. Which, I mean, whatever. Like I, I don't. I'm sure there is some group of people that gets together secretly and thinks that they're, you know, they plan their decisions. Like they agree, they agree amongst themselves that they're going to, I don't know, vote this way or do this, whatever. I don't think it yeah, impacts as much as together, it does. Yeah. Like, I mean, but so like, it isn't whatever, but I think about, so I mean, specifically the people that I know who are like the people I know with like the QAnon beliefs, uh are very you know extreme right-wing people yeah um and so like when they talk about like illuminati and freemasons and stuff like that i'm like okay these are this so all right that so that's that's a thing right but on the other hand you i you see like from a political argument i hear people talking about like you know founding fathers and the vision for this country and like strict interpretation of the constitution and stuff like that but so like like George Washington is documented as being a Freemason and all this stuff. So like all these founding fathers that you hold in such high esteem are also linked to all these conspiracy theories and secret societies that you're against. So like, I don't, what kind of, how are you mental gymnastics, gymnastics yourself into whatever truth you are believing? Like, because if any of this stuff truly happened, it happened with the origination of the country and goes way back and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, those are the same founding fathers that wrote the Constitution that you think is being destroyed by the left. And so, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, under, it's all, it's all, it's yeah, all crazy. It's, which, which is what led into the conversation topic is like, why do people believe this? Like, what is the psychological, is there like a predisposition I mean, or, I mean, I think you, you talked about it before we started recording for a right. second, right. Uh, which was that one aspect is what I said earlier, which is the uh, people don't want to accept things as the way they are for various right. reasons. Right. And the other thing is what you said before uh, we started recording, which was people want to feel like they're special and they're in the know about things yeah, that other yeah. people don't realize that our reality is reality like how we see it where you know uh the we're being controlled by uh, <laughs> right uh secret cabal of uh the new world order whatever conspiracy you want to pick mm-hmm. not that all conspiracies aren't true but most conspiracy theories aren't Right, uh, right. Because yeah, there, there are, are certainly conspiracies. conspiracies and cover-ups and things like that. That's that's there are things like that. But and some of them are crazy. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of the big conspiracy theories 
that are propagated right now are a bit silly. Like one conspiracy theory I tend to believe is that Jeffrey Epstein was killed. That type oh, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people tend to believe it, but that is a conspiracy theory because we don't have actual hard right. evidence yeah it's denied by you know the public or the public you know, but either journalism or the government or whatever that say it was suicide yeah uh, so so yeah you know that that's what i think it's a combination of a denial of reality and wanting of both the reality to be cooler and for you to be in the know yeah uh and you to be special enough to realize to have the vision of how things Right. Really you're not are. you're not a sheep, man. You have your own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you you do your own research. And you know who wasn't a sheep? Scream with Jay Hawkins. <laughs> Scream with Jay Hawkins. <laughs> Seamless transition. I mean, he he for certainly was not a sheep. He that did not true. go yeah. along with the flock yeah. in his yeah. choices. Yeah. Um but yeah, I have some extra stuff for screaming Jay, I, mm-hmm. then, you know that was transition because I don't know <laughs> where we were gonna go from there. No, I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I would say is like I'm really fascinated by like the mentality of like conspiracy theories and cults, and like oh, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. there's there's more info on like the psychology behind cults and how that happens and like yeah, you know, like what goes into someone My... wanting to get into that or follow, how they can fall prey to, to that. Yeah, to put a pin in. Another last thing that I would say about this topic was one of the things I'm most concerned about is the idea that people at this point, more so in my opinion, more so than previously, I thought some people had a warped view of reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people that were personally, I felt that were in the far right fringe. Mm-hmm. had a warped view of reality mm-hmm. whereas some people in the far right fringe today i feel aren't having a warped view of reality anymore it's literally not directly associated with reality mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. there is no need because you could just deny reality and just have your own thing you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, With the QAnon yeah. thing, it's just you buy into it because a guy said it right. on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, what, yeah. really? Yeah, so, and that's and so that's where I think these, that's where this merges with like conspiracy theories. With Because I, I remember I saw, I think, uh, I think Kels sh- shared one post one time that was like someone talking about like, well, Biden won, but I don't hear anybody talk, like anybody going on social media and, and praising him and stuff like that so like you know we, we would do that for trump and i like the reaction was like okay but you shouldn't idolize or like the person like yeah. the fact that you're so like in favor and yeah like, i'm not for uh, yeah i'm not team blue <laughs> right yeah <laughs> personally yeah. i i'm just a guy and i picked between a couple people on a ballot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. He's like, yeah, it's not, it's not, we're, he's not our leader. Like, like Trump became sort of a, and is still like a cult leader. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I was going with too, yeah. is that like, I was, I'm interested 
in the idea of like how are we going to deal with people that have bought into a sort of belief system based on nothing but yeah. comforting yeah. themselves so it's just like yeah. cult deprogramming i've been meaning to get into that idea which oh, i haven't yeah. looked into it yet but i was just interested how do you do that on a mass scale i have no yeah, idea because like before people would you know they're like on a commune and out in the middle of the de- you know uh what's the desert in arizona said uh, don't no what's the whatever they're out in the desert and like not hurting anybody all believe in something about that's nonsense but now you have like people like in society that are you know following this yeah teaching yeah. that's not true or something you know it's not like they're like a global scale the world a, yeah there's yeah. Like a global scale uh, uh so yeah how do you go about that and it's like you know you can you know it goes uh, it can go a gross way where you're like what about a re-education camp <laughs> you know? yeah well that's the thing like if you have all these things like like but it's like, like i don't know what you do yeah. that's that can be like ammunition for them to still believe it because they're like they're trying to brainwash us from and like tell you know it's like yeah. you have to be careful because you can very easily like you said take it in a way where it's like an internment camp or you know however far you go but like at the same time you can't give them ammo for like yeah it's so hard to deal with yeah. and i feel like like nobody's talking about that as an issue where yeah. I feel like it is a huge issue. Yeah. <laughs> like a really big, bad issue. Yeah, yeah. That nobody's talking about an idea. Like, I don't hear anybody's ideas on how to fix that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're just, like, digging in more and more. And, like, no one's just like, all right, but let's look at, like, anthropologically the, the theme of this. Like, what are we going to do as, like, a, as like the human species to to counteract the <laughs> the break from reality that's happening? Yeah, uh, and like get everybody back on track. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, one person who broke reality with mm-hmm. his singing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> moaning and groaning, screaming Jay Hawkins. So, Hey-o. so yeah, I just have a few like these are like completely random, and I just didn't. So for some of them, I didn't have like a date on it, so I didn't know where mm. to throw them in to the story. Right. That yeah. type of thing. So, uh, you know, you remember Scream J. Hawkins. I told a very long story that I thought was cool about mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And here's some more stuff. In the late 50s, so this is kind of really the very beginning of his solo career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how you 50s. said you couldn't find a date for some of the stuff. And you're like, in the 50s. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you no, know, I, a lot I know, of things happen for I know, I know, I know. Uh, in the late 50s, the National Casket Association sent oh. out a message to their members to not rent out caskets to Scream at Jay Hawkins. The idea being him using their caskets would harm their image. Like mm. it, like he was making fun of, of people being dead or something because okay, so he would already... come out of it. Are associated very closely with death, so no one is like thinking about your brand and be like, "Oh, I love them." Yeah, my dad died and used that. Like, no one is, no one has positive emotional associations with the group, anyways. Oh my god, yeah, it's funny when you think of like sort of the niche things that are manufactured, and like people think like, "Okay, National Casket Association," like we always say, out of the bed and into the casket, right, folks? Yeah. 
yeah. you know, they have like their own like <laughs> phrases and their own like way of doing things with caskets that nobody gives a shit about in the real world. That's that's very funny. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a graveyard down the road from where I used to live, and yeah. they would they would have sales on like plots, and so they would have they'd have like this big yellow banner that just says like bogo grave plots you know buy one get one half off or buy one get one free and you're like wow. you don't think of the term bogo with like graveyards no one's you know that's like shoes and that's fun shopping that's not like <laughs> yeah you're gonna die and so is your spouse buy two plots <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> it seems very out of place bogo byob uh, yeah. <laughs> casket yeah byoc big your own casket yeah, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. is what Screaming Jay had to do uh, for a time. Yeah. Uh, he, over wow. time, built up a casket collection in his home. In That's kind of cool. I mean, it's weird. In cool. he had 12 caskets. Wow. <clears throat> what determined, I wonder, like, well, I, would, I mean, obviously, maybe you don't know this. Love to sit down with him at a seance or something and be like, yeah, what? why did you pick certain coffins to use for this show or this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> dropping the fact that you're like well i speak to the dead at seances all the time yeah so, i don't you know, uh, i just want like to make it a big deal you know can't drop that yeah don't worry about it make it a, make it yeah um but yeah that's that i don't have anything more on that it's just it's just funny that there's a nas- national casket association because it's yeah. like what yeah, like why? Who is? <laughs> is why what does needs this need to, be to nationalized exist? Are they meet? This. Are they meeting? And they're like, how can we get more people to die to get use our caskets? Or like, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. best material? If they were to be a zombie apocalypse, our caskets would keep the dead sealed inside. But I think this casket it needs to be you know reinforced. Otherwise, they're going to break out and spread the yeah, plague. Where are the conspiracy theories about big casket and what it's doing to our nation? I did see an SNL skit. I mean, it's an old skit, but I watched it recently. Uh, it's back when Amy Poehler was on. Um, but it was the uh, like a funeral home service with this like group of friends, and like they were gradually killing all of them in order to make a profit on all of their funerals. Yeah, and it was just like yeah, funerals killing people to have funeral homes killing people to have more business. Yeah. Where yeah. this, where there's theories about that, huh? I recently watched uh, uh, Bernie the uh, the movie. Uh, what was it? Bernie. Oh yeah, mm. uh, starring Jack Black. Do you know mm-hmm. about this? Mm, I know about it, but that's it. It's a southern. Uh, he's a southern guy, uh, southern like a effem- effeminate gentleman that mm-hmm. uh, is a great like. I I don't know what he's like a funeral manager or something. Mm-hmm. And he like he's just very charming or whatever, and he gets into this relationship with this widow, uh, older woman, and he kills her or whatever. But it's just a funny. It's based on a true story. That's why I'm oh. fine spoiling it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like this, this has already happened. It was yeah. It literally happened. I don't feel bad about it, but it I, it, it very much felt like this movie's kind of made for me. I like weird true stories, and I yeah. love Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black is great. Yeah, that sounds like a fun movie. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and he's like, he's actually doing kind of a character in it, which mm-hmm. he doesn't generally do. Yeah. It just yeah. is Jack Black, which is fun. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, here's a quote from Screamin' Jay that's just not really, uh, you know, directly associated to an event. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, people say people think I'm stark raving crazy. Well, if that enables me to go to the bank, gentlemen, I want you to know that I shall always be crazy. It's a pleasure to be crazy. Um, so there's so that. It sounds yeah. Just a, a quick little analysis. Sounds like he got a little defensive there because at first I understand he's like yeah. You know what? I'm maybe crazy, but I'm making money off of it, so it doesn't matter. And that would have been sufficient. But instead, he's like, "I like it. I like being crazy. It's fine. I'm okay with it. It's a pleasure." Like he's like, "All right, you're getting style." <laughs> well, I think okay. I think his idea is like, "Hey, I'm getting paid to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fuck you. Yeah." yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, random factoid: He did some commercials for Sony in Japan. Oh wow! So. You know, you know about like celebrities go overseas and do just like yeah, like George Clooney will do a commercial in Japan, yeah. even though yeah. he would never do a commercial here, right? Um, that type of thing. Uh, Scream and Jay had a big enough career in Japan to do a commercial there, um, and like one thing that I kind of got across uh, during my story that I didn't completely is that he kind of crossed paths crossed paths with like everybody in early rock and roll <clears throat> like paul anka who did mm-hmm. put your head on my shoulder oh yeah yeah uh that one he crossed paths with uh frank sinatra hey nice you know ton of people uh tom jones that's not Ooh. quite rock and roll, and it's not quite that early, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has stories with all of these people. Wow. Um and here's the the story that I I I picked out today. Like I had all these notes before, but I was like, I heard this story in the documentary, but I couldn't nail down the details. Mm-hmm. And I nailed, nailed down the details because it's a great story. So one of the people he had to run in with was the Drifters, which was like oh, a doo wop. Yeah, the, the White Christmas is a pretty popular. Uh, oh they yeah, did more than that, but the Drifters White Christmas is a. Yeah, they you know a lot of a lot of groups in the late fifties or maybe early fifties too, but late fifties and early sixties were like the sort of like a barbershop quartet style mm-hmm. setup where mm-hmm. there's like a baritone, there's a soprano singer, blah blah yeah. blah. Drifters were one of those. They were a doo-wop slash R&B type of thing. And they were hanging out, hanging around in Screamin' Jay Hawkins' dressing room. I believe they're on the same show or whatever. And they're getting drunk on booze that was meant for Jay. Mm. And Jay was like, I paid $300 for all this. I should get some of it. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if that's like, crucial to his uh, performance. Oh, yeah. Which... Yeah, he he drank usually early in his career. He drank yeah. in order to get into character, basically. Uh, and they were like, well, "What do you want, Jay?" And he was like, "When you pass the coffin, jam this bunch of paper into the lock." And he like had a like he ripped a matchbox in half or something and crumpled it up and said, "Jam it into the lock." Got to do that. Hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, because like when they leave the stage, I believe I I I I'm just guessing this based mm-hmm. on the whole story. When they leave the stage, they'll they'll jam it into the lock, and later 
it's showtime, or maybe it was before. I whatever. Idea is, hey, drifters, jam this shit into the lock. That's all I want. You're drinking all my booze, you pieces of shit. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Later it's showtime. And Screamin' Jay is wearing a white outfit, and he gets into the coffin, and he shuts it, and he gets rolled onto the stage while the band is doing a drum roll and a big introduction, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he's in the coffin, band's doing the big introduction, and then it's time for him to get out of the coffin to do his to you know present himself during the introduction, right? But he can't because coffin's locked. And he had no way to unlock it himself. Mm-hmm. The drifters hadn't jammed the paper in the lock. And here's a quote from him. I thought, you're going to die. Then I tried to count for three minutes. That's all I had air in there for. Oh, I began to pray. I started crying. My bladder broke. I peed all over myself. Oh, gosh. I mean, I was that scared. My bowels broke. Kaka. I shit all over myself. Oh my god! In this white African thing. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about his outfit. Yeah. Uh, and someone's, and something said, don't give up. Do something. The coffin was sitting on a platform. Maybe if you can knock it off. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> and that's the quote. <laughs> so he like rocked so, it off the, to break it. And so he kept rocking the casket mm-hmm. until it fell off the platform. And when it hit the ground, it broke apart because it was like a theatrical coffin. It wasn't right. an actual coffin. Uh, and the band started laughing at him because he stood up having pissed and shit himself <laughs> in white clothing. Um, I That is horrible. That is so bizarre and so horrible, but I have to like ask if this was a theatrical coffin or even if it was a real coffin and he was being used this way, why would they put a lock on it? I don't know. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was a shitty coffin, but he said it was like a theatrical coffin. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean either but, either way, if they're going to create it that way, why would it have a, you know, I don't, whatever. But yeah, Jay decides he's going to get even with the drifters. So, here's a quote from him. When I got to the right wing, I imagine of the theater he's referring to. Mm-hmm. When I got to the right wing, Charlie Thomas, one of the members of the Drifters, was doubled over. He was dying with laughter. And then I gave him a straight BAM! And he does a punch motion in this documentary oh, that gracious. I'm watching. Right there, right quick. Then I went for Doc, and Doc hit the stairway. But as he went to turn, I put my foot out and tripped him. He fell right on his face. And I took his head and I bashed it into the pavement. Oh my I was, gosh. I was like, I'm finished with you. I've got to get to rest. I wanted to get upstairs to get my clothes off so I could take a bath because I smelled like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he had later found the paper that he told him to jam with the luck basically on the ground. Uh right where he gave it to them basically yeah yeah so wow. uh so yeah he he beat up some of the drifters yeah uh, what a legacy yeah he shat his pants and beat up some drifters 
but but yeah that that was a particularly funny story yeah um uh yeah i mean it's it's funny though that he's he was so panicked yeah uh, i mean after because he did that so often but maybe it was an early one it wasn't very clear when this happened yeah i mean you'd think after a while someone would come check on him yeah i'm sure it would have happened but it's just like i bet like a minute and a half in there knowing it seems like a long time feels like a long time yeah um yeah so here's i i just got a couple couple more quotes from him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know that was kind of the big bang that i was gonna leave this on but i still got a couple quotes yeah uh so here's here's a quote uh monique's my fifth wife first time i married i married a black girl from america it didn't work second time i married married a filipino girl from the philippines that didn't work. Third time I married, married a black girl from Guadalupe, which are French islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time I married, a Japanese girl from Tokyo. And he looks like he realizes something in the, in the documentary. And he's like, oh, wait, there's six girls. <laughs> next time I married, married a French girl. And then last marriage is Monique, African. I've forgotten about a couple wives. Gracious. So, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I always think, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine just, like, having such a flippant, either a flippant attitude towards, like, I mean, I understand relationships, but I feel like if you're going to marry somebody, then, like, I mean, it's a little more serious and less forgettable, but I don't know. I mean, that's just me. I mean, yeah. I it, like, I don't think he's trying to recall like the, all of their names or whatever. He's yeah. just like you know, yeah, when he has he, six yeah. marriages, you know, you have six yeah. different pieces of information. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you get them mixed up. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have, do you ever try and hold, think six different things at the same time? Like alternate <laughs> between the thoughts? It can be difficult. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So here's the last quote. It's more serious. Mm-hmm. America wants to be able to control the blacks. If they can't control you, they will destroy you. And if and they tried to destroy me on five different occasions. They want to control your money, your personal life, your home, your business, the banks. If they can't con- control you, they will slowly destroy you. And if that's not enough... They'll bring in the Ku Klux Klan, and they will destroy you quickly. Oh, what, so, what insight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's terrifying to think. Yeah, I mean, ooh. yeah, and he was in France talking to a French reporter at the yeah. time he was saying this. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like, I mean, it's it's shocking to think about like that, that don't, don't get ahead of me on this. Cause uh, you know, it's going to sound, it's going to sound ignorant at first, but it's shocking to think like at that time that seemed like such a reality, but like, here we are however many decades later and we're still seeing things like this happening. So like, yes, yes. You say, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It it, it also feels like at, 
at, you know, in the 50s or whatever, it feels so long ago or whatever, and it feels like a different world. Right. And in a lot of ways it is. Yeah. And even within the, like, horrible racist (laughs) structure, it's different, but it's still horrible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, no, uh, he... He definitely had insight. He was a smart guy. He was yeah. a, he was a smart guy. I mean, he, he experienced it. So and he uh he beat up the drifters because yeah. he shat himself in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good I like the like logical flow to that. It's like he did this because of this, but it's like how are they connected? But yeah, that's that's <laughs> Yeah, good. yeah. Uh but yeah, that that's pretty much it. Uh yeah. a lot of people, you know, screaming a lot of people know I put a spell on you not even from Screamin' Jay's version. Uh-huh. Like, Creedence Clearwater Revival has a popular version. Yeah, it's uh, in which uh, is, yeah. the, uh, what's the, what's the movie with the Sanderson sisters? Uh, it's a very famous. Yeah, Bette, Bette Midler sings it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a scene. Uh, and yeah, that's a hugely famous one. The Creedence Clearwater Revival one, I think, is good. Mm-hmm. But it's not close to as cool and interesting as Scream of Jay's version. Yeah. Uh, nothing will compare to it, in my opinion. But a ton yeah. of people covered it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, mad respect to Scream of Jay Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's all my Scream of Jay stuff. Nice. All right. All right. No break for this commercial. Just keep, keep listening. Non-stop. <laughs> Commercial-free podcast. Um, yeah, so I talked, I, I mean, obviously I... This commercial-free podcast brought to you by Kellogg's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by Frosties, or whatever the UK version was. Uh, yeah. From, uh, uh, no. Um, Black Mirror. Yeah, so I, I mentioned in the, in the episode that, like, this would be what I talked about. So, but, a little bonus, in case you heard that, and you're like, okay, that's not that interesting. And then you, you're like, didn't tune into this. If you did stick around got some extra juice to to share um so i talked about nitroglycerin the development of nitroglycerin which is a, a military grade explosive um that uh are the subject of my my topic who was his name is david hahn um he ended up creating it in his own home lab i mean it was it had already been invented in the 1800s but he was able to create it uh at age 12 or 14 um yeah like it's it's crazy that that was a thing um yeah but nitroglycerin is pretty interesting and uh so it was originally created by an italian chemist named ascanio sobrero in 1847 and uh he knew, I mean, he created it. He knew it was going to be very dangerous as an explosive, but it was not adopted commercial commercially for commercial use until um, it was used by Alfred Nobel, who we all know for the Nobel Prizes. Um, yeah. So he experimented with safer ways to handle it. Um, he was interested in explosives, um, and he became more interested in it because... His brother, Emil Oscar Nobel, uh, and a few other people working at the factory that his family owned were killed in an explosion. 
um, mm-hmm. trying to handle nitroglycerin. And so Alfred Nobel was like, all right, we got to figure out a safer way to do this. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, Alfred Nobel. What Do you do you know anything about him? No. You, you just know the Nobel Prizes? Yeah, mainly yeah, that... the Nobel Peace Prize. I know that there are other ones, but... Yeah, uh... Nobel Peace Prize, right? Yeah. So, Peace Prize. Okay. Um... Alfred Nobel was basically an arms dealer, uh, and he manufactured nitroglycerin for use in World War One and World War Two, and he uh, was convicted of treason uh, because he sold, like the he sold explosives to um, Italy. Uh, mm. During the World Wars, and so he was—he was originally f- French. He was—he um, was feeding the moose, <laughs> right? He was, Is what, that Mussolini times? Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, he was, yeah, he was accused of high treason against France by selling ballastite, which was uh, used for it was uh, it was nitroglycerin was used in this. It was. Just, other explosive or other concoctions mixed in, but it was like an upgraded dynamite. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so he had to move to Italy and lived in Italy, uh, and he he lived there until he died a few years later. Um, so yeah, wartime manufacturing arms dealer, explosive trader, uh, known for the peace prize. But it's pretty interesting how that came about. Um, so when, uh, one of his brothers, so Alfred Nobel, he had like eight siblings and only three of them survived like through childhood. One died in the factory explosion. Um, and then, uh, his other, which I'll pull up his name here. Um, oh, wrong thing. Um, here we go. His brother, uh, his name was Ludwig, and and he died when he was visiting Cannes, which is, I mean, it's a French place. Um, uh, yeah. So his brother died, and a French newspaper accidentally published an obituary for Alfred, who Alfred Nobel. This is the guy we're talking about, Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. So. He, you know, he was still alive and kicking. His brother died, and they mistakenly published an obituary for him, even though he was still alive. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty horrible obituary, and it, it quote condemned him for his invention of military explosives, uh, and is said to have, um, yeah. It, so he he was Alfred Nobel, who was a genius chemist, and created he had like hundreds of patents i think he had like 151 patents and he was credited with development of dynamite and at the time the dynamite and things that he was responsible for creating were used against civilians instead of like i mean in war but against civilians um so violating you know peace conventions and stuff that we have now like that's this this type of thing is what led to us to have like accords and geneva convention and stuff like that um, they like protect civilians in war. Um, and the obituary even called him the merchant of death 
and the 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 article said um the merchant of death is now dead and said he dr alfred nobel became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before died yesterday so pretty harsh yeah it's also that is a funny situation to have your obituary published before your death and then it's like a negative review (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, uh, so it was actually this condemnation and this uh, that led him to change his life. And he was like, this cannot be my legacy. Um, he was like so distraught and he was like, this cannot be how I'm remembered. And yeah, so he was visited by the ghost of Christmas future. Basically. Exactly. This is the uh, Scrooge, you know, right here. Um, but I, 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 so real quick, I just want to say like, it's not entirely altruistic because it's not like he just wanted to help people. He was like, I don't want to be remembered this way. So I don't know if it was for his own ego or if he was actually I upset. Mean, that's like, good knows? enough though. Who gives yeah, a I, that's good enough. He, you know, <laughs> he did, he did, yeah. he, for whatever reason, he tried to do better things. And so if even you, if he had if bad intentions. Charity because it makes you feel good. That's fine. <laughs> I that's, don't care. that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's that's very fair. That's that's just, I'll give you that. Um, yeah. So he was like, so he came up with the um, Nobel Peace Prize situation, and he his family did not know, and so it wasn't until he died that his family realized that he had left his all of his wealth. Well, not all of it, but a lot. I mean, he did provide for his family, but most of his wealth was to go on to fund the Nobel Prize awards. Um, yeah. and so he. Uh, he came up with these, you know, to honor um, inventions is awarded for eminence in physical science, chemistry, medical science or physiology, literary work. And then the fifth is to be given to the person or persons that society or society that renders the greatest service to the cause of international fraternity in the suppression or reduction of standing armies or in the establishment of furtherance of peace congresses. So, that's the the peace prize was to like whoever can help make the world more peaceful it Um, it is funny though that he didn't have like any view of himself you know what i mean he didn't have any view of himself because obviously he's doing all this shit he's providing he had no awareness so many people like how could how could he not see that but it's just like he has to see his own like people reflecting and being like good he's dead (laughs) yeah before he's like oh Maybe people shouldn't say that. That would be bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's pretty. That was, that was pretty interesting to me because, like, when I was reading, I was just like, "Oh, Alfred Nobel," and I just like happened to click on his article on Wikipedia just because I was like the little nitroglycerin thing. I was just like, I don't exactly know what nitroglycerin does, so let me just click on this to make sure in case it comes up in the podcast. And then it was like Alfred Nobel. I was like, "Oh, I know that name. Is this the same guy?" And then it's just like wartime criticism manufacturing arms there's like what high treason you're like was this the same guy <laughs> and so that was so crazy to me to think that like i mean what a twist that led to him it's i mean it's weird that they published an obituary for him anyways and that he read that like how shocking um but yeah like what a wake-up call for him yeah. um and then um the fact that like he his family like they didn't really know it he didn't like advertise it so much he just like on his death was like, this is what we're doing. And it was, so it says, uh, one thing I read said that, um, it was 
um, at the time, let's see, right now, right now, or sorry, in 2012, the fund, the, his trust is worth, uh, about 472 million us dollars. And that is about double what initially he had put in accounting for inflation. So, um, like, yeah, I mean, he didn't put 200 million in at the time because, you know, inflation, so it would have been significantly less, but the equivalent of like 200 and some million dollars to go to this trust. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, I think like, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know. I mean, looking at like, okay, yeah, he developed all these things that were used for horrible things and that's bad. But at the same time, like, I think, like, I, I, I think that he genuinely, this is, I know nothing about him, so don't think that I... I'm like, I'm not defending him or, you know, I'm ignorant about the details of his life. If somebody has read a biography about him and they know it's way more about this, but to my, my best guess is just like, he really just liked, he was a, a scientist and he loved what he was doing. And if he was developing all these things and like, I mean, he was like 18, um, for some of like some of his studies when he started like creating, like having patents, um, and, well, David Hahn was 13, so fuck yeah, that. <laughs> true, true. Um, and like he, yep. he, uh, he like helped dev- design a um, an ironclad battleship or uh, for um, the Union Navy during the American Civil War, and he uh, like did blasting caps and gunpowder and stuff like that, um, and you know detonators. He did all that, but I think a lot of it is just like. Like the if the government or whatever or whoever is like, I will fund your research. He's gonna take what he can get, you know. So like it doesn't. He's. I feel like the 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 vibe I got. So this is my best guess, my interpretation, unlimited knowledge is that he just wanted to do science, and he would he just like whoever was paying him, he didn't really think that much about it. He was just like, yeah, they're funding me to create the you know dynamite. So yeah. He yeah. went with the flow, and like, people yeah. rewarded him for doing what he was doing. Yeah, and so uh, that that kind of like reflects back on what we were talking about with uh, record labels and stuff. Like, you get hired, like you're you want to be an artist and you want to pursue your own things, but you're at the, you know, you're in a contract with whoever, and like that sucks. And there's you know, I don't know. So um, yeah, except we you have no idea the artistic merit of right. his scientific pursuits. Right. He might not have had any uh, huge inkling to go one way or the other. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, I will say, uh, uh, so, I mean, he was obscenely rich. He got, they got into like oil companies and obviously like wartime profiting. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he was issued over his lifetime, 355 patents internationally and by the time he died, his he had established more than ninety armament factories. Um, although he was like generally a pacifist you know, by all reports, but he just—I mean—he made money and was very smart and business savvy and like a genius with chemistry. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Still having armament factories. Yeah, but also this is like during World War One and World War Two. It's like, I mean. Uh, everything was yeah. everything was geared towards you know even but anyways but i mean yeah he did sold some things to the wrong people and all that but so yeah. not not defending that you know but um 
anyways, to end on a even, I think is a like that's pretty weird information. But end on a little bit of a weirder note, talking about nitroglycerin. That was the bonus. That was the bonus because I talked. I said I'd talk about nitroglycerin. So, um, you also got to hear about Alfred Nobel and the weird peace prize, how that came about. But nitroglycerin, um, I, as I said, commercial grade explosive. Um, well, it is also used medically. Um, you know, more chemistry stuff. Uh, basically it works as a vasodilator, which means it helps it. Like if your blood vessels are constricting and you have limited blood flow or circulation, or your heart is having to work very hard, it just helps open up your blood vessels. So blood can flow smoothly. Your heart doesn't have to work so hard and it takes a lot of pressure off of your circulatory system and your heart and lungs. Um, so you get like more oxygen to your extremities and whatever, improved blood flow. Um, yeah. It's why I snort nitroglycerin every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, it's available, exactly. It's available in tablets, ointments, or you can do it intravenously. Um, Or snorting. Or snorting. You can crush it up and snort it. There are sprays that can be be done, like you spray it under your tongue, called sublingually. Uh, They have patches for it, you know, like they have nicotine patches and they have nitroglycerin patches. Um but so that's so okay so lots of different uses and the fact that it's like used as an explosive and it's unstable and volatile but or what because you can use it to bring more stability to volatile substances but also it's used to like increase circulation and reduce the like effort like it makes your heart like more efficient and not have to work so hard brings more stability to the volatile substance known as your heart <laughs> yeah so it's, it seems so weird that like who for, i want to know first of all how that was discovered they're like hey this can blow stuff up what happens if i stick it in your bloodstream <laughs> like yeah. i don't know how that was done but um something so there's a section on wikipedia about industrial exposure which so your body can build up an immunity or a dependency on nitroglycerin. So if you take it for extended periods of time or in high doses or whatever, you can be, your body can become basically immune to the effects of it and you become more dependent on it. It can actually, like, when withdrawal symptoms can actually kill you. So, um, because it affects your heart. Um, because you're it basically your heart becomes so used to not working hard and whatever. I don't know how all the science behind it, but basically like then you cut off supply to it and your heart is like kicked into overdrive. Mm. Um, so yeah, you withdraw from it can be fatal, but something interesting. Uh, if you, for people who work in a nitroglycerin manufacturing facility, it, they, which is they most now, of us. Yeah. It was what? Which is most of us. Right, yeah. I mean, most most of you kind of are familiar with this. Um, there's actually a phenomenon called Sunday heart attacks and Monday disease. So basically, people who work five days a week in the factory, they're like absorbing nitroglycerin into their skin and they're breathing it. And because it can be administered so many different ways, their body is like is taking it in and consuming it all week long. And therefore, they're feeling the effects on their heart, which is basically your heart has an easier job. 
And then when you go away on the weekends, you're you're drastically cut off from nitroglycerin, and so your your heart and your circulatory system kicks into overdrive, and people have heart attacks. They, I mean, like I said, called Sunday heart attacks. That's what they called the phenomenon, where like your the effects of nitroglycerin wear off, and you have a heart attack, um, wow. which is crazy to me. And then yeah. they they also have the uh, Monday disease, where you go back to work. And you become sick because you're re-exposed suddenly to this like super high intake of nitroglycerin, and so you're very quickly um, you're, you you know, experience the vasodilation. So your heart rate like goes faster. You get dizzy and a headache. Your circulation is just like it's, everything. Your blood is flowing too quickly through your veins for your body to keep up with. I I was at first gonna ask this as a joke, uh, but uh, maybe it is true. Is that where you come down with a case of the Mondays comes from? <laughs> uh, I do not know, uh, but I very well can see that being the case. It doesn't say that. It doesn't mention that. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, I, I think like in, if my best guess would be like the case of the Mondays is like sort of like the blues about having to go back to work. But yes, like, no, the, that's what but yeah, right, right, right. But like the sick Mondays, like having like. Yeah, like having like this very well could have perpetuated or like given that stereo like not the stereotype but like that imagery association. or that yeah the association for that would become stronger because especially like I said you know in in World War One or World War Two like I mean you think about like Rosie the Riveter you think about like how all these like you know women at that time who were I mean like housewives like going into work in factories and like helping produce things for the war and the war effort. And like, it was very much like a national rallying thing. Like everything we're doing, we're working for the war. And so at that time where like nitroglycerin would become manufacturing, like would become huge, um, that that very well could have like been a very common experience, especially since, I don't know if this was in America. I know, I think in, um, in the UK, I'm not exactly sure, um, but there was there are quite a few instances of like um, nitroglycerin like accidentally exploding like on tr- in transportation and stuff like that. So they introduced a law where you had to only produce it. Like you couldn't transport it. You had to produce it wherever you were going to use it. And so like if you're creating these bombs and stuff like that, you have to open up plants and manufacturing all over the place um, because you can't just like have one big hub of manufacturing that ships it out all over the world to make bombs. Um, so yeah, Yeah. like all with factory increase and with everyone kind of pitching in to, you know, for the war effort, um, very easily could see how that case of the Mondays started to include, like, you know, became more popular or more serious, um, with things like that. But that's speculation on my part. Sure. But yeah, I thought that was weird. Basically guy that invented the peace prize was a war criminal and, um, the nitroglycerin, people that work in factories like have heart attacks on the weekends and get sick when they go back to work. Yeah. Factory workers had a rough job. Yeah. Radium girls. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Then this. Yeah. It's not what they sign up for. That's why you got to unionize yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to unionize mean, yeah, this podcast. Sure. <laughs> uh, this is a unionized Union podcast, yeah, uh, podcasters yeah. union, yeah, we're of course a part of, yeah, um, yeah, that's we're the all only people in it, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but we are equal footing 
an equal say in what happens? I mean, yeah, I, me a little more than you, but definitely, definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have equal footing, but I have like more equal footing. More equal you. footing than me. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but uh, was there anything more to uh, just any other like? Were you gonna go through weird merit badges you mentioned? No, no, I did. I did. Say, I did talk about that. I didn't have time to uh, look more into that, but uh, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. if no I might, uh, if I find something funny about. I might post it in the Discord, you know, like a link. I'm sure there's a record of it. Because if it, if it existed, it would have been a list that I found and not compiled myself. And so if I yes. find that web page, I'll I'll put it in the Discord. Okay. In addition so, to uh, the uh, the speech from Colin in the uh, sure yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. from yeah. Colin and Batterstatch, uh yeah. The Spoils of War episode that is coming out around this one. Yeah. Either so, before or after. So when that one but, comes yeah. out, we'll post the in the Discord and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I believe that's our episode, right? Yeah. So with that, you can check us out on all of the locations podcasts can be found, but also we're on Twitter at War of the Weirds. Uh, we are we have a Discord. You can find it through the twitter has a link <laughs> don't worry about it you can click the link it'll work out yeah uh, twitter.com slash where the weirds or type in where the weirds whatever yeah. yeah you you already found the podcast we already appreciate you for listening yeah and uh we will see you on the next one <laughs>